Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey Thrive family, Happy New Year and welcome to 2022. We are so excited that you have joined us this Sunday. I would like to thank Pastor Byron and Pastor Candice for giving me the privilege of sharing this message with you as we kick off this brand new year. So I was thinking about it, and a few years ago, my holidays used to be consumed with playing video games. Now, this was way before Xbox and PlayStation and Wii games. In fact, it was the old school console games. So Mario Brothers, Bomberman, Circus Charlie, Tetris. If you maybe remember these games, give me a shout out in the chats and uh, help me feel not so old. <laughs> but the thing with these video games is they used to absolutely consume my day because they used to get lost in the reality of them. Um, I used to get lost in being able to level up in the game and be consumed with progressing through the game. And I was thinking about that and how we treat our lives as well. You know, come October and we feel like we just have to progress to the next level. We just need to progress through November and then December, thinking that come January, we miraculously going to have this energy level and level up for the new year. And sometimes we get a little disillusioned waking up in the new year realizing that we're basically facing the same lives that we've lived time and time again. And that can be a little bit disheartening when our expectation levels are so high and we think things are going to be so grand and so different because we feel like we've leveled up and we finally come to 2022 and yet nothing really has changed. So I would like to explore that a little bit today and maybe give you some points of how we can truly level up for 2022. But before we can do that, I think we need to take a moment and reflect on 2021 and even 2020. So if I needed to take one word to express what 2020 and 2021 may mean to us, because we've all experienced it so differently. I think there is one word that can sum up our experiences collectively together. That word is significant. I think we've all felt something significant throughout those two years. There's been significant loss. There's been significant disappointment. There's been significant growth. There's been significant opportunities. There's been significant stretching. I think all over we can all agree that those two years have been stamped with a mark of significance. But church, truly, significance only really matters and is only truly impactful if we carry that and learn from it and leverage it to be able to level up into the new year. So there are three areas, three areas that I think can stretch across that we've all experienced significance that we can look at and then define how we can level up in those areas. The first area that I think we need to explore is significant loss and disappointment. And first of all, I would like to say I am truly, truly sorry 
for anything that you have felt that you have lost over these last two seasons. Whether it be big or small, there's been so much loss. Loss of lives, loss of friendships, loss of income, loss of relationships, loss of housings. There are so many losses that people have experienced. And I think we are disillusioned to think that time can heal that loss. But in all honesty, we need to take a moment to deal with those losses. Our spirits can sometimes be crushed by disappointments and we can be heartbroken by loss. But church, I want to encourage us that deep and significant loss can create a deeper intimacy with Jesus Christ. And we can use that to leverage ourselves to level up. And I would like us to turn to scripture in a story where I find so much encouragement, where three characters experience extreme loss and deep disappointment in Jesus Christ himself. And they use that to leverage up and level up in a deeper relationship with Jesus. The story begins in John chapter 11. It's with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These three people were very good friends with Jesus Christ. In fact, they were house friends. They were the type of people that he would have invited over to a bride his house. They were the type of people that could share jokes, maybe spend uh, evenings together. They would have laughed and chatted, been in part of the same WhatsApp group. Lazarus fell ill and Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, knowing that he would deeply care about his friend. But Jesus left them almost like on two blue ticks. He got the message but he didn't respond straight away. In fact, scripture tells us that he delayed responding to them. And by the time he did respond, by the time Jesus actually showed up, it was too late. Lazarus had passed away. Church, I don't know about you, but I've often felt like that, that sometimes I've shot up a prayer to God or I've asked for something. And sometimes I feel like God shows up a little too late. And I feel like I'm disappointed not just in the situation, but sometimes I'm disappointed in God's response to my situation. And Mary and Martha were in that situation. They were feeling that moment. And I'd like to turn to scripture to see how they responded to Jesus. And we pick it up in John chapter 11. It says, Now when they arrived in Bethany, which was only about two miles from Jerusalem, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Many friends of Mary and Martha had come to the region to console them over the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard Jesus was approaching the village, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Church, I want to remind us that Mary was the one that used to sit at Jesus' feet, while Martha was the one that used to busy herself with things that needed to be done. Mary was very relational. She put a high value on being in relation with people. So when she realized that Jesus was coming, she chose to stay in community with the people that were mourning her brother. And we do the same sometimes. When we're suffering loss or disappointment, we do seek community. But I'd like to caution us, the community that we seek should be the one that connects us back to Christ. 
When we see community, let's be careful not to just see community that are going to just help us mourn what we've lost because that will keep us in a place of mourning and disappointment the whole time. We will be kept in a huddle mourning over things that have been lost and rehashing the hurts all the time. Why don't we connect to a community that will help us connect back to Jesus? Community is so, so important. But Mary got it slightly wrong. She was connected to community, but she was just connected to the wrong type of community in that moment. Martha, on the other hand, she rushed to Jesus. As soon as she heard that he was coming, she got up and she ran towards him, which should be yours and my response. When we feel like God is not in the situation that we've asked him to show up and when we feel like we've asked him and cried out to him and prayed and nothing has gone right and then we get a sense of his presence, we should rush towards him. And I love what Martha does. She is so brave when she speaks to Jesus as we read her response. Martha says to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. How bold. How bold of her to actually say to Jesus. Basically, she was saying, Lord, it's your fault. If you had shown up earlier, things would have been different. Her prayer life was so authentic. Church, I want to encourage us. In our disappointments, we can be authentic with God. We can be absolutely authentic and say, Lord, I'm kind of disappointed, not in who you are, but in the way things played out I expected something different. I think we can take a page out of Martha's book and be real about our expectations of God because that is what he knows of our hearts. Instead of just coming with our clean prayers and our well-polished words, come to him with our broken hearts and our expectations, not in arrogance, not thinking of him as our vendor God where we just put in a a coin and expect a blessing to come out, but rather the authentic reality of our broken hearts saying, Lord, I expected something different. Help me understand what you're doing in this situation. And I think that was truly Martha's heart saying, Jesus, if you'd shown up, things would have been different, but you didn't. But here I am, rather standing before you, asking you why and what happened. The last character in the story is Lazarus himself. Now you may be wondering, well, the guy's dead. Like, how could he have possibly had a role to play in this? How could he possibly respond to Jesus? But the truth is, he does. And I think we need to also respond to Jesus the same way he does. I was blown away when I read this part of the scripture. The fact that Jesus comes and he stands before the tomb And after asking those that were there to roll away the stone, Jesus stands before the tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. He calls him to action. Lazarus was dead. He was sitting there in his grave class. And I think disappointment and hurt can leave us in the same place. We can sometimes be sitting in our grave class, dead and non-active. Church, Jesus is calling us back into community. He's calling us back into action. He's calling us back to obedience. Sometimes I think we're expecting him to walk into our situations, pick us up and carry us out. 
And yet Jesus didn't do that for Lazarus. He stood at the entrance of the tomb. His words were invitational, yet instructional. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And I'd like, us to, encourage, I'd like to encourage us. What is Jesus saying to you today? Where have you become inactive because of disappointments and hurts? What is Jesus' word saying to you? Where should you stand up and come forth? Where have you been perhaps waiting for Jesus to carry you through and he's actually been waiting for you to come forth and he's been calling you out? So the three reactions or the three responses that Mary, Martha and Lazarus had for their disappointments. Martha went to Jesus and she was open with her questions. We can do the same. Have an authentic prayer life with God. Bring your disappointments, bring your hurts, question God if you must, and say, Lord, I expected differently. Why did this happen? Mary connected back to community. Although it was the wrong community, I encourage you, rather connect to a community that connects you back to Christ. In community, you will find healing and hope again. And Lazarus, come back into a place of obedience. Get called back to action. Get up and do something. You've experienced loss. You've experienced disappointment. But hope can still rise again. And you are not dead. You are called back to obedience and back to action again. Church, I want to encourage you. Disappointment and loss can lead us back to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. So the next point I'd like to speak about is significant stretching. So church, at the end of last year, I went to go and visit a physiotherapist who told me that I don't stretch enough. And uh, the benefits of stretching is that it elongates your muscles. It helps you with your range of motion and it helps you with your strength as well. And I was thinking about that in the relation to our spiritual lives and our normal lives as well. I don't know about you, but I feel like in the last two years, I've been stretched in various different areas. And not only stretched, but stretched and asked to hold that position for a while. We've been stretched in the areas of having to stretch our budgets. We've been having to stretch our patience levels. We've been having to stretch ourselves in terms of capacity. For the parents who've had to teach your children at home and then send them back to school. For people who are working, we're working from home, then working at work. Uh, for people that are having family members that have to stay with them and then family members that can't stay with them for long periods of time. It seems like we're stretching all over the place. But stretching does really strengthen us and it does increase our range of motion. In fact, it increases our abilities and increases our strength in significant ways, not just physically, but also spiritually. I believe that significant stretching helps us to connect to our purpose in a deeper way. If we look in scripture, 2 Peter 1 verses 3, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. And goodness add understanding, and to understanding the strength of self-control, and to self-control add patience endurance, and to patience endurance add godliness, and to godliness add mercy to your brothers and sisters, and to mercy towards others and unending love. Since these virtues 
are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Church, we are pursuing all of these things so we can avoid being inactive and fruitless. Being inactive and fruitless is the opposite of being connected to our purpose. So we need to be stretched in various areas so that we can live a life connected to purpose. And what does that look like? Well, purpose is always connected to the benefits and to the upliftment of other people. I was so encouraged when I came across this incredible story about a nun named Sister Anne Rosa Nutwang from Myanmar in Asia. In Myanmar, there was civil unrest where the military forces were physically abusive towards some peaceful protesters. On one particular day, these peaceful protesters sought refuge in this uh, clinic that Sister Anne Rose was running. In order to protect them, she ran out in front of the military forces and begged them not to hurt these people. Fearing for her safety, they told her to step aside, saying that they had a job to do. But she felt that her job was more important and her job was to stand in the gap, to stretch herself, to be in that position. So instead of stepping aside, she called for backup. She got down on her knees and she began to pray. Church, the pictures and the videos that made the news were absolutely incredible. Instead of the military forces taking her away, some of them actually began to kneel down beside her and pray as well. It was such a beautiful scene. It reminded me in scripture when we see people of faith, when they're standing in the gap, asking God to redeem them and save them from situations. It's not just them that is affected. It's not just their redemption, but the salvation of an entire community. So this is my question. Who is being affected by you being stretched? Whose salvation or whose saving is being affected by you being stretched? And what areas is God asking you to stretch yourself in? Is he asking you to stretch yourself in perhaps your giving? Is he asking you to stretch yourself in your serving? Is he asking you to stretch yourself in your compassion, your relationship? What areas is he asking you to perhaps stretch yourself, to increase your range of motion, not for your own sake, but rather to increase your own influence and help those around you because that is deeply connected to your own purpose. If we reflect that the fact that everything that comes our way was already known by our Father, then we must know that there is a purpose to the plan. Scripture tells us in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, before we were formed by God, He already knew us. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, every day of our life has already been planned. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, He has gone before us and prepared works for us to do. Church, those works, those plans, those days, are always connected to other people. Let us not overlook the fact that we are being stretched to the, per the fact that it is connecting us to a deeper purpose. The last area that I'm going to talk about is growth. Growth develops our character. 
Growth happens whether we recognize it or not. We either grow intentionally or we grow in terms of the world which is actually decaying. We can either grow stronger, wiser, more generous, or we grow weaker, meaner, grumpier, or stingier. And that growth happens in our character, church. And I want to encourage you with this thought that I had. The character that you are developing right now is a character that you are going to take with you to heaven. The personality that you are becoming right now is the personality that you are going to be for eternity. How deliberate have you been about your growth in the past year? How has your character development been? Who do you see yourself becoming over the the next five to ten years? And do you like that person? I believe that when scripture tells us to be joyful in all circumstances and to give thanks in all circumstances, God is encouraging us to allow his word to craft our characters and not allow the world to decay who we are because he knows that our personalities are eternal. Who we are becoming is actually for ever. You know, in this past year, we got the opportunity of attending a leadership academy. And our final leadership academy, we had Pastor Trevor Coleman share with us. And in that teaching, he gave us his vision statement for his life. And I was so encouraged by that. He said that his vision statement, he wrote out for himself, it's almost like a blueprint of his life so that he can match up all his decisions and everything that he wanted to do with that blueprint so he could constantly remind himself of who he was and what he was called to do. He said that he did this with the Holy Spirit because he knows the one who created him and he wanted to make sure that what he wrote down was in line with what God says about him and who he's called to be. So church, I want to encourage you. I've written down my vision statement and I'm going to share that with you today. And uh, it would be so lacking of us if we just came to this moment and heard a great word and did nothing with it. So the application would be is to spend time with the Holy Spirit sometime this week and ask him to help you write down a vision statement for your life. So as you go through 2022, you can pivot back to the statement and align yourself with what you feel your purpose is and who God has created you to be. And I'm going to share with you my vision statement for my life. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Daily, I seek to grow in my love for him as well as my ability to love like him. It's my passion to see people realize how much God loves them. And I will use who I am and how he's created me to communicate this to them. I'm intentional about looking after my soul, my mind, and my body. I value my family and honor my parents. I live a life that honors my future husband. I'm an employee with integrity. I keep healthy boundaries in my relationship. My core values are anchored in God's word and not in cultural norms. In every relationship, I will forgive quickly and seek to understand more than I seek to be understood. I don't exist to justify who I am. I exist as an expression of God's love. I always hope, I always have joy, and I always giggle. That's just my one at the end. Church, I want to encourage you. 
Growth connects us to character. Let us be intentional about how our character develops. I want to encourage you, write down a vision statement for your life. And just to pivot back to all the other points, your disappointments and your loss, it builds into your character as well. It is, it's part of who you're becoming. Your purpose builds into your character as well. Your character will determine how you handle disappointments and loss. Your character is designed specifically to match your purpose. And your purpose is also determined about how you carry loss and disappointment. These three ideas are not disconnected. In fact, they're so connected, they're so intimate with each other, and it's so important for us to take a moment to look at them and to not just measure how we've managed to handle these, but who have we become through handling these. Because what we've been through in the last two years isn't going to determine what we're going to go through in 2022, but who we become in the last two years will definitely determine how we're going to handle what's to come in 2022. And I want to encourage you that we might know, not know what's coming, but we do know the one who is already there. And if you haven't made that decision to follow Christ, if you don't have a relationship with the one who is already standing in the future, who has designed you with a purpose, who knows your disappointments and your hurts, the one who's crafted your character and knows you for the best version of yourself. Now is the moment and this is the year to explore that relationship and to give your life to Jesus Christ. Become a follower of Christ. So if you've made that decision this morning, it will be my honor and privilege to pray with you right now. Father God, I want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross for me, that he rose again, and that he's coming again in glory. Thank you for forgiving my sins and for making me a child of God. I pray that I'm able to follow you the best I know how. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you come into my life and help me to know you more. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, church, I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged. Have a fantastic Sunday. See you soon. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.